0: Three, two, one. Morning, bitches. If no one told you they love you today, then I love you. I'm very excited because I saw this incredible woman on TikTok, and I said, I got to hear her story. Tanya Meisenbach. Is that right, Tanya?
1: Yes, Tanya Meisenbach.
0: Okay. Tanya Burn Beauty 2018. Wow! What a so tell. First of all, I'm um, thank you for coming into my podcast. You know, I have inspirational people on here. What I mean by inspirational is people that mean something to me. So you right. meant something to me, and don't worry about getting the pictures. This is audio only, so just so you Good. know. <laughs> all right, girl. So tell me a story and stick to it. So what happened?
1: <sighs> Well, I was um it was two thousand and eighteen, a week before Christmas, and my husband and I were out on our patio just having a nice time, had a bottle of wine, you know, talking, laughing, whatever. My kids had just moved out, my daughter came by and said, Mom, I can hear you laughing all the way from the street. <laughs> and not thirty minutes later I was on fire. Um, we had this um fire pit. That was like a big cast iron thing that I had bought my husband as a gift. That you could fire, and then you could put a grate on top and cook on it with all that good wood and coals. You can, you know, make a steak or something. So I'm like, okay, let me get the food, and um, I go to get the steak. I come back out, and I reach in, and I don't realize that. I'm in a stream of lighter fluid, and my husband doesn't realize I am either. He's squirting lighter fluid. He's making this flame bigger to, you know, I'm going to put the steak on and sear it. But, you know, we've had a little wine. We're not snookered, but we've had wine. I don't drink wine anymore. Good. And um, I, I don't. I, I, I have a PTSD associated with it now. But I didn't realize I was reaching in realized that it got on my arm oh. and it was just those moments where you're like gosh oh, you know like <laughs> right you're like oh but it was on my arm and then in a split second the fire shifted like the wind shifted and it just like ran up and it, it was almost like it knocked me there. Oh. and I ran I ran because I wasn't expecting to be on fire. I'm mm. running now, so I wasn't in a car. I was just making a mistake, right? And I, I've done this a million times. I had no expectation of danger, so I ran. And then I think, no, stop dropping roll. Well, you can't put yourself out if you have accelerant on you. Mm. you, you stop dropping raw doesn't work with accelerant. Um, what I was really doing was more so kind of spreading the accelerant even more than I already had is is what I was doing, and um. So I I just gave up. After I roamed for a few, it felt like minutes, but I'm sure it was seconds. And I thought, well, okay, this is how I died. Wow. And uh, I'd always been afraid of dying and not anymore, but at the time I was terrified of dying. And um, I just thought this is how I died and I started to say the Lord's Prayer. And I got about halfway through and I said, wait, wait, wait.
0: Okay, God, were you rolling on the floor? Or did you roll on the ground then, or what?
1: I was already rolling. You were rolling, and then okay. I realized I going out. And so I stopped. I was not going out. I rolled and rolled. I didn't know why I wasn't going out, but I wasn't. Huh. Huh. Now I knew it was the accelerant. <sighs> but I knew I wasn't going out, and the flame it was just raging. And I laid on my stomach, uh. and I and that's when I started to say the Lord's Prayer, and I could. There, I, could, I knew I was breathing the fire, and I could, I couldn't feel pain, but I could feel heat, mm. intense heat, mm. and I knew there was fire in my face and um, everything. So I, um, oh gosh, so I just said, you know, this is how I died. That's why I gave up and started to say the Lord's prayer, and um, once I got halfway through. I said, God, is this really how I'm supposed to die? I'm 45 years old, and I'm laying on my driveway burning alive. Mm. And that's when I heard my husband, who I hadn't thought about. You know, I say those words, and I don't even realize I'm speaking out loud. And um, he says, I got you, baby. I got you. Who said, I got you, baby? Who said that? My, My husband. Oh. I said, I'm talking to God out loud, apparently, not even realize I'm talking out loud, Wow! not thinking about my husband. But when I say, is this really I'm supposed to die? My husband says, I got you, baby. I got you. And and at that moment, I thought, I'm going to live. And he was putting me out with his jacket, but I couldn't feel it. Like it wasn't that cold that winter. I remember I had on a light fleece. He had on a light leather. And he's putting me out with this jacket. Right. And um, I couldn't feel it, but I knew when I was out. And as soon as I was out, I jumped up with this rush of adrenaline and I ran into the house. And do you know the first thing I did? why I ran to the mirror at our back door and I looked at my face ah. because that's how we are for beauty standards. I ran and I looked at my face because you know, I almost just died in a fire. But my first thought is, no. I'm okay, my face is okay.
0: Just like us women right, oh my God, my face. <laughs> I was like, my face, my face, right?
1: Well, you know, I thought it was okay. And um but it wasn't. It was red and mm-hmm. I thought, well I mean it's hot, but it didn't look like but you don't know what it looks like to be burned if you've never been, right? Well, it takes a couple of days for the skin to blister and to turn black and become necrotic. So I look at my face and I think it's okay. I don't remember even seeing the rest of my body, but mind you, I had my clothes burned off and everything. And, oh, you on. know, I my face looked okay. And I said to my husband, I was like, I think I need to go see Dr. Bianco in the morning, because I was in shock. Right. And, and um, um, so, you know, I was, I was in shock, and he's like, no, I dialed 911, um, and I was like, okay, whatever, right? And 911 gets here, and I was still talking, and I remember the look on my husband's face, and I'd never seen it before, and I didn't know what it was. Now I know it was horror, because I was standing there, and the way I was standing, and I was talking, mm-hmm. because I had this mm-hmm. And then when the um, when the um, ambulance, you know, two fire trucks show up, two ambulances, policemen. I'm standing on the driveway talking to them. They all have the same look, and I, I still didn't know what it was. I mean, all these men are horrified, looking at me. Um, Because, you know, I'm really, I'm burned. I have third and fourth degree burns. My clothes are burned off, obviously. I don't realize it. My husband's not even telling me. Because, you know, my chest is burned, my back. The only thing that saved my hair, I I wear wigs, but I do actually have hair. And um, it's pretty hair. And the only thing that saved it was that I happened to have a weave for, like, the third time in my life. And the cornrows and the tracks from my weave. Protected my scalp so it is not burned. Yeah. So, at any rate, I get in the ambulance. You know, a, a, a paramedic says, Tanya, we got to go now. Because I'm just, you know, I'm talking like I am now. He says, we got to go. And when we get to the back of the ambulance, this paramedic starts working pretty frantically. And it scared me because I had already decided, okay, I'm going to make it now. First, this is how I'm going to die. Now I'm going to make it. Then when he starts, I'm like, whoa, 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 right? Something serious is going on. And he's cutting my clothes off, I think, to get an IV because both of my arms are burned. I think he was just trying to find a place to put an IV. And I said, am I going to die? And he said, no. And I said, would you tell me that, even if you thought I was going to die? And he said, yes. Yeah. And I I remember thinking, okay. And then he said, push fentanyl. And that was the last thing I heard for Mm that I consciously heard for two months because they took me to the hospital. They rushed me to a local hospital so they could get an airway. And then they took me to Grady Hospital in Atlanta. That
0: it a- Was it a burn unit that they brought you to?
1: Yeah. Sec- First, they took me to a regular hospital because they needed to get an airway. Right. I had breathed too much fire. You breathed in the, the smoke, smoke and the fire, right. Right. So they had to get me intubated and they got me intubated. And then they took me to the burn unit because I wouldn't have survived without Right, that. right. And um, so they took me to the burn unit and I don't mm-hmm. remember any anything past push um, I The only thing I remember is that I had these terrible dreams and nightmares. Ugh. The whole time I was living a different life in my mind. Aww. It is why my faith is so strong now because I realized that my spirit Continued, even though my body was in a hospital bed, my spirit did not know that it was without my body. Does that oh. make sense? You know, I did not know. I, That's I for Some people I knew they were in a coma. I didn't. Mm-mm. And I know, I know your spirit is your soul and your spirit is just a lot more. Hmm. You're, you're a lot more than your flesh. I know that. And so they woke me up two months later after you know, surgeries every week, too. They replaced my how, entire How thing. long
0: were you, like, in a... Did they put you in a coma-type thing?
1: I, I how went long? Two months. Oh. Two months. So I went to sleep in December, and my nurse, who was named January, woke me up in February. That's what <laughs> I always remember. <laughs> it was the most... It was the most confusing thing if you just woke up from a coma. <laughs> It was like a December, January, February. I don't know <laughs> when is it. I don't know when it is. But you know, when I woke up, my husband was kissing my face and he was saying, "You made it, baby. You made it." And my daughter um, hugged me, and I remember it hurt. My eyes were still stitched together, and I didn't know it. I wasn't sure whether I was blind or not. I just know I couldn't Ooh. see, and uh, I didn't have the feeling to know that my eyes were closed. And um, she hugged me really tight and said, Mom, you're the strongest person I know. That meant everything to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and my son, you know, was there. And it was just for those two months I had been dreaming to find my family. Where were they? I couldn't find them. I, would, I was looking for them, looking for them. And yeah. in this whole life I was living, the only problem I had was that I couldn't find my husband and my kids. Um. I did have one other problem in those dreams and that was pain. Even through the medically induced coma, you know, they, they de- do a debridement where they scrape your, the dead skin off. Right. Sometimes when you're awake, if you're, if you're not in a coma, they're going to do it anyway. I was fortunate enough to be in a coma and that's kind of why I was in a coma. I couldn't have survived the pain. Right. Um, and I rest. Right. But, um, oh my gosh, I would have a dream every day that someone was coming to hurt my chest, and I would walk down this dark staircase in my mind, and I would get to the bottom, and I would squat down and cover my head, you know, like you do for the when you're a little kid, tornado?
0: Yeah, you- well, I don't know. I'm from Brooklyn, so we don't know from tornadoes, honey. I'm in
1: the South. When you're little, they teach you the tornado drill. They take you out in the hallway, and you have to squat down and cover your head. Mm. And that's what I would do until it was over. And then my husband had kept a diary for me. So about a year later, when I read the diary, I realized what that was. Probably hearing the nurses come in and knowing they were about to scrape. And it hurt so much. You would mm. you hear people screaming as they're doing it. Very traumatic. But mm. also you know, I knew my face was damaged when I woke up. I didn't know how I didn't look at it for until April, even though I woke up in February, it felt like I was wearing a mask. So I knew it was very, very bad, mm. but I also knew I had survived and there was my family and there was joy. That's enough. That, that That's what, I, that's enough right now. You know, I, I'm good. I don't, I don't need to know about this yet. And, um, You know, part was fear and part was just, whatever it is, I'm alive. And uh, when I finally looked, it was because I got strong enough to pick up my cell phone. And I saw myself in the black screen. And I happened to be in my room alone because my husband stayed with me for six months. He'd never left. He he slept there. He ate there. He he lived there. And um, what a man. Yeah, and I mean, he felt so bad, you know, because he felt, you know, so guilty, but also he was really paying attention and making sure I got the best care. I mean, he was just like, he was like a doctor. He would have the pen behind his ear and be reading the piece of paper and be like, this is what you're supposed to do. And this is what they said. And I had no idea what was going on. I'm just like loopy on all the medication. Right? But well, that's sure. kind of fun. It was fun. I was like, I never seen that side of them, actually. Um, and now, and I didn't really know what it was at the at this time. I um, I'd never seen it, but I guess people just do what they need to do when you need to do it. It, it was uh, it's been a blessing, is what I have to get to. It was um, hard for me to deal with the loss of my face at first. And that took about two and a half years. I didn't want to see anyone. I didn't want to do anything. Because I'd gone out in public and uh, one time, and everyone was so nice, but they were staring. I mean, my hus- I was in a wheelchair, and we were at the Fresh Market. And my husband kept leaving me in the produce aisle, just leaving my wheelchair. And people would come up, ma'am, do you need help? Do you need help? They wouldn't do that if I was just standing there, right? And I was just feeling mm. so... Mm conscious because you know my mouth wouldn't close my mouth was hanging open my bottom lip was down to here my eye was crooked it was my face didn't look like a face and people were staring but they were trying to be nice they gave me free food and I I was just so dramatized by it it sounds like a good thing but I was so dramatized that I didn't go back out Mm, so it's been five
0: years now Tanya,
1: it's been four and a half, going on five in December, and uh, things are a lot different now, as you can see.
0: <laughs> well, I don't I, you know. I didn't see you before. I saw one picture, but I see you now, and you are beautiful to me. You know. And did you work yeah, before? It.
1: Oh, I was a realtor. I was a paralegal for fifteen years, and wow, retired, and I helped my husband build our tree company in Atlanta. Um, and I just helped him kind of get organized in the office because it was growing, and it was doing well. I kept my paralegal job while he started the trade company, just in case you know, somebody's got to be able to pay the bill. That's right. So I kept it, <laughs> day job, right? right. So I kept it about two years, and then it was clear that it was okay. And, um, then after about five years. So that I thought I could live my dream of flipping houses and I got my real estate license and ah. I was working as a realtor so that I could earn the money to invest into flipping the houses because I didn't. Want oh, to wow. Money. But I wanted to earn the money, buy a house, flip it. You know what I mean? Like all Yes, the way from- of course I know what you mean. I wanted it all me, right? But I got burned. I would only okay. just gotten started, I was about a year in, and I got burned, and I got calls after I got home from the hospital that I was not capable of going to show people houses, so I would just refer them to other realtors and, and such, but, you know, it changed everything in my life. And
0: So what are you I doing now?
1: I'm a I'm an influencer.
0: I'm a beauty Well, the, I know that. You are a social and you are an influencer like me, and I love that about you.
1: you yeah, are. I, I didn't I didn't mean for it to happen. I don't know about you. Me but either. But I didn't right? It was just that I wanted to help other burn survivors. I made a video for my Facebook friends after I got enough nerve to tell them what had happened to me because for two and a half years they didn't know if I was dead, alive. Nobody knew what happened. And I made this video that I didn't know enough about social media to know that, like, the whole world could see it, not just my friends. that was on YouTube and Facebook. And people started to message me like, um, oh. oh, I love your, your makeup. And it's so inspirational. And that was the moment that I realized I've been wondering, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Because I was 47 by then.
0: Young stuff. <laughs>
1: I'm 50 now but, uh, youngster. I don't you no know, I feel like a youngster I feel great and uh, but I didn't know what I was gonna do with my life and then these people came to me and it was like a no-brainer I'm gonna help other burn survivors you <sighs> I, I didn't realize you could get like collaborations and brand ambassadorships and all these things and when I first started to get them, I felt guilty, like I wasn't worthy of it. So that made me work even harder, you know, because we are worthy. It's not about our face or, you know, I love my makeup. I love hair. I love glam. But the beauty is, is deep in here and that's, and that's what I work for every day, you know. it's And I had to learn it this way. But at least I learned it, you know. <laughs> at least I learned and it's it's amazing the way that I get to talk to people, and it's not all burn survivors that come to me. People who are looking for confidence or just motivation, inspiration, the transgender community a lot, the LGBTQ.
0: Exactly. You know my platform, obviously.
1: I heard you talk about that, and I thought, look at that, because – they're so wonderful, and I feel like they're left out, and they and they see me, and they're like, oh, yes, Steven, yes, you got it, right? And, you know, even for a while, my TikTok is not as big as my other platforms because at first people thought I was a man. And uh, What did they was, think you were? Um, I didn't hear that. They thought I was a man. Well, whatever. Really? And – and anytime I would post my face, one year healed, it wasn't bloody or anything, but it would be called graphic, violent and graphic content. And I was like,
0: mm. oh,
1: You imagine what that does to you. It was just all yeah. a misunderstanding. Mm. But you can imagine what it does to you. Yes, but of course. I'm, and I'm loving it because it's growing and I'm finding all these new people again to, to grow a community like you have. It's so important to have these communities. Very where important, people where, where people get it, you know, and, and believe in you, and and have lived it, you know. So I I, I love it, but I definitely never meant to be.
0: Well, you know, I'm the same way. I discovered it two years ago just by chance, and boom. So you know, most of the people that I interview on my podcast are people that are an inspiration to me, like yourself, and. Coming back from things that we would never imagine would ever happen to us,
1: right? And that's the thing: who would ever think you're going to get burned? Not just get burned, right? But so badly burned that you've lost your face, and it's been replaced twice. They had to replace my face. The it, the first time they replaced my face, it was uh, it went necrotic mm. because I had like a. Virus. So if you've got a cold sore, just know that can be a problem. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like my whole face died. My whole face that they had just placed died because of that. And that was the point where my husband puts in the diary that he's not sure I'm going to make it. Where he felt like, uh, Mm. I don't know. But but I did make it. And uh, just by chance making one video... Has changed my life because I started to understand true beauty. I love, always love makeup, but I started to understand where the beauty was really coming from when people come to me now and say, Oh, you're so beautiful. I mean, I see my scars, I see my facial difference. I don't, I don't feel like they're talking about just like the hair and the makeup they're talking about. So
0: tell me about this before we see. wrap up. What advice would you give to people who have gone through hell and come back?
1: Uh, number one is keep going. You can't ever give up the, the um, keep going and figure out what's next. You have to have something to look forward to. And you can't quit. It's just not an option. You have survived hell to get where you are. So quitting isn't an option, even though it doesn't feel good inside you. If you hold on, this too shall pass. That's why I always use that phrase. If you hold on, this too shall pass There's the other
0: thing in the world. Tanya Meisenbach, thank you so much for coming into TikTok Bubbies Morning Bitches. You're amazing. I love
1: you, I love you TikTok Bubby.
0: I just want to tell you that I'm gonna work on this and I'll I'll let you know when it's on Spotify, and then you could do what you want with it. Put it anywhere and everywhere.
1: Yeah, I want to share it with all my.
0: Uh, Do it, followers. you know. I'm. I don't. Know. I know how to get it to Spotify, but I have everything else. Sometimes I put it on t- Twitter. I don't know, whatever. But I just want Thank to. You. Don't leave yet. I'm going to end the session for all right now. And I, if no one told you, they love you today. I love you because you you. Thank okay. you, and you're gonna get something from me—a cup, hoodie, whatever. I don't know yet. Okay. Okay. I love you, Thank and God you. loves you. Okay.
1: I love you. Thank you for having me. I love you all.
0: Bye.